Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. I want to go ahead and say this. I'm so thankful that you came out today. I know there may have been some challenges, uh, but I'm thankful. Hey, by the way, can we thank God for those guys with the umbrellas? Look around you. They're probably the ones that are wet. <laughs> thankful, for them. thankful for them. Thankful today that you're here. Thankful for those folks that are watching online. And uh, I'm really glad you're here, but I'm more thankful that he's here. Isaiah chapter 6. Very familiar piece. I struggled between this and Genesis 37. It had been on my heart all week. And I walk in the door. Both of these two pieces have been on my heart the majority of the week. I walk in the door and I'd seen where a children's church out here had a coat of many colors. And it's been their project. And you could see their work there that they'd done. And I was so thankful for that. And I thought, well, God, maybe you're trying to tell me. I should have uh, spoke out of... Genesis 37, which is about Joseph's coat of many colors. But uh, I think that's going to be a later time. I'm not sure just yet. So thank you for standing with me for the reading of God's Word. The Word of God says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. One moment. Above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain or two he covered his feet, and with twain or two he covered his feet, or he covered his face, he covered his feet, and with twain or two he did fly. So we've got seraphims here, which are angels with six wings. Verse 3 said, And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips but he says this for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of those seraphims or those angels with six wings unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this hath touched thy lips and thy iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Pray with me. Lord, such power in your word today. I believe today, Lord, that through the power of your word, people will be transformed. God, in such a way that they won't be ashamed of the gospel. They won't be ashamed of the Jesus that saved them, the Jesus that they worship and that they praise. God, the word will go forth in a way that it will be convicting. But with that conviction will come transformation. 
And God, with an end to sin and with a new beginning in you, God, I believe that you're going to raise up men, women, and children that are sold out to you. God, that won't bow down to the culture, that won't bow down, God, to the things around them. But rather, God, they'll stand boldly in you and for you. So, God, today you do what you do through the power of your word. We love you, Jesus. And, Lord, today I need you. Hide me behind the cross and humble once again these lips of clay. God, I know your word won't return void. I believe that it'll accomplish that that you sent it forth to do. And God, today with my heart just simply being, does anybody see you anymore? I love you, Jesus. Amen. Be seated. Suit yourself, Jake. If you want to stay and play, you can. If you want to go, you can. Whatever you'd like to do. I wonder if it could be that simple. Does anybody see me anymore? Isaiah is seen as a prophet that probably the most prolific and the most quoted that we find in the New Testament. His words are the one that Jesus, when he stood in the temple and he he says there that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. It's Isaiah's word and what God had given him that gives us words like he gives us beauty for ashes. It's God working through Isaiah that says, I'll give you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's God working in Isaiah that says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Even though there may be a gross darkness that infiltrates the land, if you listen real closely, you can hear the power of the word through Isaiah saying that even though things are getting darker, I'm calling you to arise and shine for thy light has come. It's through the power of that word and through this man of God that we see a real reset, that we see something here in Isaiah 6. Isaiah had decades of service for the Lord. Maybe one of the longest, if you will, as far as within the prophetic sense of being a prophet is under the Lord and God used him in a mighty way. 66 chapters, just like there's 66 books in the Bible. And God used him to speak mighty words. This piece of scripture has, has always been one that is very near to my heart because I think it's just at the first that those simple words, I saw the Lord. And if we could, we, we can look that this happened because of an empty throne. That when he starts, he said, when in the year that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah was a man that many reforms for the Lord and he had done so many wonderful things and God used him in a mighty way over the course of several decades also only to the end for him to take upon a role that wasn't his. God had appointed him to be a king but he took on the role of a priest and God sent leprosy upon him because he offered incense in the temple of the Lord. You know God is that real. Turn to somebody and say stay in your own lane. It's really important. Now even though we as Christians that our lives can be multifaceted and that God has placed within us all kinds of authority and all kinds of those things, there's something about staying in the realm and the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, even as I was getting started and even as my prayer was beginning, God was reminding me that, Wayne, I'm there with you and that my Holy Ghost is in you and I'm going to flood and fill that place today. So that you can declare that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
And when there is liberty, chains fall off. And when there's liberty and chains fall off, addictions are broken, people are transformed, marriages are restored, people come back to Jesus. You see, this is a life-giving, a life-saving, and an eternal Word of God that is not just meant to be for a moment, but this Word changes your eternity. It changes your destiny. So right now, you may say, my life is headed, it's a collision course with hell. But listen to me, that if you listen to the Word of God today and let this Word seep into your heart, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the same shall be saved. Praise be to God. In the year that King Uzziah died, If I could, I'd like to break that down in this way, that even though he spent decades and even though he ended that way, there's some truth in this that, listen, it's not just about starting right, it's about ending right. That when the Word said that He has begun a good work in you, therefore let Him perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And there's something about God performing His work through you and in you through the power of His Son, and that is our Savior. And it's living a free life, not necessarily a fun life at some times, but the joy of the Lord is so amazing. That joy of the Lord that's able to dip you up out of the pools and the ponds, and if you will, the septic tanks of despair and depression, to take you out of that old miry clay and set your feet on the rock. The empty throne. The significance is this, is that during that time of an empty throne and as he's sin and he, he, he dates that. And there's something important about this date that Uzziah died in 733 B.C. And when he says that, there's something there about transition. There's something there that can be with confusion. There's something there that can be with uncertainty. And he's looking at that. He's saying, okay, the king died. And as he's looking, he saw the Lord also. And this is something that is very important to you and I. That listen, that God will end something only to make a new beginning begin. And so when he sees this and he sees a time of transition, I really see right now the kingdom of God, the remnant of God's holy people of God transforming us into something very different than what we've even believed for before. Here's what I'm trying to say is that you ain't seen nothing yet. God wants to use you to declare his word to those that are lost and undone and for you to be his mouthpiece. I said something Wednesday night that I've not let go of yet is the fact that when Jesus was speaking in the Beatitudes of chapter 7, there and as he's ending that, that those people that were around him were astonished at his doctrine. They were astonished at his word and said he doesn't speak like the scribes. The reason that that's so important is the scribes would just translate. They would just be the ones that would take this word and put it over here. What we have today in our society and around you are unholy scribes that take the word of God and then write it through their own interpretation and instead of just saying, thus saith the word of God, thus saith this is the way I see it and I believe it. Can I tell you, that word of God will stand true long after you. and Long after you are gone, the word of God will stand true. It stood true the test of time. People have tried to burn it. They've tried to destroy it. They've tried to do anything and everything that you can imagine to the word. But the word still stands. And in this time of transition, in times of uncertainty, he saw the Lord also. So as I'm looking at that and I'm thinking about that word that's so important and the point to allude to about the scribe was this, be the voice and not the echo. Be the voice of God, not the echo. Be the one that says, prepare ye the way. Prepare the way in the wilderness. Bring every valley up and every mountain down and make the path to Jesus very straight, very clear, not confusing, but with clarity and with boldness and let them know that there's a way unto righteousness that may not seem right unto man, but it's the right way to God. Thank you, Jesus. Be the voice and not the echo. Be the voice and not the echo. What do I mean by that? Because many times if I'm not careful... The echoes of my flesh through my emotion will echo something into somebody's life and I'll give them something of feel and not a word of faith. Sometimes everything's not going to be all right if you continue the way to live the way that you're living. 
Because God brings change. It can bring change. And it's for your good and for his purpose. In the year of the king Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord. Then in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of transition, he sees the Lord. And this just began to, to transform my mind. And I was, I was brought there this past week by a worship song. And it took me back to that place of the presence of God and how important that it is. Can I tell you something? God wants you to stare at His Word, not just to glance at His Word. It was through this that I had to battle my flesh that even in this time I thought, Lord, I've read this so many times and I glanced at it and God said, no, there's more. And it's when I begin to stare into the Word of God that He begins, for you and I both, that He begins to release His Word. God needs more than a glance and a thought of your Christianity. God wants you to stare at Him. God wants you to gaze upon Him. And God wants us to focus upon Him. I sensed it. I can sense when the spirit of distraction is here as easy as anything. Does that mean that I've seen you? No, I felt me. I know this morning that in my own self that everything is trying to distract me. It, it, how much rain? How much this? How much that? And can I tell you, I don't know those. But what I do know is that God is in this place and He has a desire for His people to worship Him in the beauty of His holiness and for His truth and for His purpose. Today, God is asking for us to focus upon Him. I saw the Lord turn to somebody and, ex- and say, excuse me. And then say, I just can't take my eyes off of me. <laughs> oh. Have you ever caught anybody staring at you? <laughs> Today, that's not, that's just, you know. I remember a young lady back in high school. That I caught staring at me. I won't mention her name, but her initials are Amy Clemens. <laughs> I thank God that she's still staring at me. Can, can, can a husband give a witness in this house? When I say that, we're dealing with a time right now that nobody sees the Lord because we can't take our eyes off of me. Oh, I want to see the Lord move. I, I want to, but, but we're so veiled by our flesh and by our evo- emotion that how's this going to affect me? What's this going to cost me? I will tell you that it will cost you something to worship God Almighty. It will cost you every piece of your flesh to enter into the presence of an... The presence of an almighty God. Why? Because scripture says no flesh will glory in my presence. I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to God. And you're coming in with all the hatred and all the unforgiveness. And we come in with all the lustful things about us. We so lust after ourselves. We, so, we can't take our eyes off of me. Why can't I see the Lord? Because you're not focused on the Lord. And this morning as our Eyes were on the screen. We were battling to to gain or we were battling to get that. And Holy Ghost said, I'm so sick of people dating me. You don't have to receive that, but I will. I'm not here for a hookup. God said, I'm ready to build a relationship with you. And with all your flaws and your foulness and everything that you are, I want to change your life in such a way that when you leave, nobody will recognize you anymore and all they will see is me. I saw the Lord. And as the prophet is saying this, if you look back, and I'll encourage you to go back and read chapters 1 through 5 because, man, he gives a dissertation about the condition of Israel that is so similar to the condition right now of the United States. I'm going to read a couple of verses if you don't mind. Thank you. I knew you wouldn't care. 
the vision. In chapter 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. I'm going to go on down through this. And he says, Hear, O heavens, and give earth, for the Lord has spoken. I've nourished and brought up children, and they've rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, and the ass or the donkey his master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not even consider me. He goes on to say in verse 4, A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors that have forsaken the Lord. They provoke the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backwards. Why should we be stricken anymore? You will revoke more and more. The whole head, verse 5, the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. Turn to somebody and say, are you sick in the head? What he says here, and I'm not even trying to be funny, But this is so real and so true. The word says that the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. And from the sole of the foot, the word says, from the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it. When you're sick in the head, you'll be sick in the body. What's going on with the church today? I know this, that so as a man thinks, so is he. And can I tell you that all you ever think about, that if all we ever think about is gloom, despair, destruction, depression, and everything that the enemy's going to do do against me instead of God being for me, your body will suffer the consequence. I want to declare today in the house of God that we have not been bought by the devil. We have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ and I'm going to believe the word of God most Christians today are sick in their thinking you get a sniffle oh my goodness and immediately our minds go to the worst the word said that because of that, we're weak, we are weak-hearted. When you begin to equate the heart to that, it's people that don't have a courage. And because we don't think, then our courage is taken. Any, any ounce of courage, maybe Christy, that we've had, the enemy tries to rob. My courage today is not built upon what I can do. And it's not just built upon what God can do but what God has already done and what He will do today and what He's going to do tomorrow. Take courage, my friend. Take heart, my friend. And know that this world is not our home, that heaven is our home. Praise be to God. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. He's high and He's lifted up. Now, if I were to ask today, now that we're in church, everybody say, well, he's at the top of my list, Brother Wayne. Today, right now, he may be. But the truth of the matter is somewhere throughout the week, God becomes number whatever in line of things that get stacked on top of him. And whether that's your job, whether that's your worry, where's the people, can I tell you what? Turn to somebody and say, let go of people. I'm going to save that for another time. I'm going to save that for another time. The piece of this where he is really saying this, I saw the Lord. He's high and lifted up. And when you see him high and lifted up above everything and anything else. Me and my wife, we like to go out and eat. And it's apparent if you look at me. The real part of that is this, is that if it's a casual, she says, hey, what do you want to do? I say, I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know. You want to go eat? And then the next question is where we're going to eat. And then I say something like, hey, where you want to eat? It don't matter. And then I say, let's go to White Castle. She said, that matters. (laughs) Then why would you ask me? (laughs) She said, because you knew better. (laughs) You got to learn me better then. If it's up to me, give me a crave case. I'm headed back to the house. But a casual thought, but when we make an appointment, when I start on Monday, and I say, hey, don't plan nothing Friday night. He said, ooh, ooh. What you got planned? I said, I ain't asked her where you're going to eat. I know what she likes to eat. So I'm planning things. It's not by casual. It's not by happenstance. But when you plan your time with God, when you plan your time with the one you love, it begins not just to bring worth to him. It brings worth to me and you. Do you hear me? God honors that today. Well, I guess I'll go to church. 
guess. Where were you? I guess I'm going to hang out with God. Ain't nothing else. Football season ain't started. Preseason's a joke. Guess I'll hang out with God. Well, what are you doing? Oh, okay. You going on? Okay. All right. I guess ain't nothing else to do. I'll hang out with you. Would that work? Absolutely not. And we treat God the same way. And why don't I see God? Why don't I see God? Because we don't bring honor to God the way we should bring honor to God. I'm getting there, by the way. I've got six points. I'm glad y'all got in before the rain. I'll get to two of them, maybe. He saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up. He was in place. He was this. And then he set his train. And really, I may not get past this, because this, this is what really had an impact on me. He said, I saw the Lord in his train fill the temple. That when you look at that word in the Hebrew, the word is shul. And it, it's like the train just as much as you can imagine uh, that maybe some of you have seen the, we, or the wedding. Maybe, I don't know if it's Princess Diana or who, but when you see the royal weddings and different things, you'll see that long train, right? You'll even see that today within some weddings and that long train. And you're like, man, that fills the aisle. That fills the whole aisle. It's just there. And you look at it and you say, wow. It equates to something very similar to that, but it's more. And I begin, he said, Lord, you know, and and I begin to bring this down into my soul. And I said, Lord, and this is the benefit. This is the thing that he said, if you'll see me, he said, I saw the Lord. In the midst of the chaos, the confusion, in the midst of an empty throne, regardless of who's on the White House or who's in the White House. And by the way, I need to say this. We need to pray for this country. I'm going to stop right now and do it. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And God, we, we are in agreement today that we're going to stop and pray for this nation. God, I lift, I lift up, God, the office of the president. I lift up President Biden right now. That, God, I pray, Holy Ghost, that you go in a mighty way. And, Father, that his focus would be on you and not, not on what pleases people, but rather what pleases you. God, I pray right now. God, for all of those that are in the houses of Congress, that God, whether it's the House of Representatives, Lord, whether it's the Senate, I pray today, God, that that they would understand that, that you're still holy, that you're still righteous. And God, today, once again, not pleasing man, but let their hearts be reckoned today and let a real revival hit God the capital. I pray, God, right now, believing right now that, God, you're going to do it. I've lost nothing today, God, by praying and believing that prayer. But God, today, I would lose everything by not praying and believing and in the end say, I should have prayed. And all God's people said, hallelujah. I got people before, I can't believe you pray for our president. You better. You better. Whether you do, you better. Somebody, I'm out. Hang on. Shut the doors, guys. I saw the Lord real quick. Seeing that, the Most High, used 48 times in Scripture. Used 48 times. He saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train. That train that I was talking about that filled the aisles. This is what got me. This is what gripped me. God's reminding us that if we would focus on him, I believe this. I don't believe to be a prophet, but I believe what the Lord released to me. He said, if people will focus on me, Wayne, my train, once again, will fill the temple. My presence will fill the temple. How significant was that? I just began to wait on the Lord. And the word fill came to my mind. And it's like, it's not like, Rick, it's not like God said, I'll feel this side and not feel this side. It's not like God said, I'll do something here in the middle and not do something on the sides. God wants to fill this whole place, Shannon, with his presence. He doesn't just want one or two to leave with it. He wants everybody in this place today leaving knowing that they've been in the presence of an almighty God. And if we will focus on the Lord, not focus even on the verses or even the verses to the song or even the verses to the text, but rather focused on Him. 
and my train will fill the temple. What did I see? I seen Amy's presence. Going all the way back to the back corners. Sharon, I seen it hitting people on your row. I seen it hitting people on the back row. And I seen his presence being rolled out and brought out to everybody and anybody. Oh, say, I know him. And usually, we're not interested in his train. We're interested in the first train out of here. Get church over so I can get home. As I've seen his train fill the temple, I've seen Bartimaeus. I've seen those that were blind and been blinded by religion and blinded by self and blinded by years of I'll do it someday. And I watched them ask for the Lord to take the scales off of their eyes. And they caught on that train and God healed them and God gave them a new sight and a new belief in who he was. As his train filled the temple, I watched as people were taken from complacency and they got under conviction. And they got on that train because they felt like it was the last opportunity that they would have. Well, come on, Brother Wayne. I'm just 20. I'm just 30. I'm just 40. I'm just 50. I'm just 60. I'm just 70. I'm just this. I'm just that. I want to remind you that God is not a respecter of persons, neither by color, creed, or age. That, listen, this may be your last day on the face of the earth, and the train is in this place. Why? Because I believe that God has just become something so minute and an option instead of the absolute. And a thing that we can have instead of living like He's the only thing that we need. I have a lot of things and I've had a lot of things in my life only to find out that the things that I have have taken a hold of me and have taken me farther away from God than I ever desired to be. And it wasn't until I've been in the pig pens, whether with my feet or in my mind, that an almighty God reminded me of how good he was. And his train come by the pig pen in my mind. And I caught hold of that train. And I said, take me back to the Father. I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And he's high and he's lifted up. And his train fills the temple. It wasn't just what he saw. He saw seraphims. I don't know about you, but if I seen an angel, much less one with six wings, I'd be, what? And if you'll notice, there's something really special about the seraphim, about these angels. That with two did they cover their face. With two did they cover their feet. And with two did they fly. Four out of reverence. Two out of servants. That, and we need to understand that. That when we see God, maybe we need to see what the seraphim knew. That when you look, they stood above that. Wait a minute, he's most high. But where are the angels? Where are the messengers that's equated? When you look at the book of Revelation, that when those angels that are messengers equated and they're messengers of God, where are the messengers of God that will stand, if you will, around and above the throne of God and protect the sanctity of God, the word of God, the truth of God? Where are those messengers? God send us preachers. No, God make preachers out of every that is in the pew and tell us God that we are messengers in this last day the seraphim the seraphim the reverence of a holy God and the reverence of a true God they had that part right and when he saw them and after his train filled the temple this very thing come to me 
It wasn't just what they, what they look like, but it's what they said. Turn to somebody and say, it's not really about what you look like. It's about what they said. And I can show you in Scripture, whether it be through Gabriel, whether it be through Michael the archangel and those that are dispatched by Holy God. If any of you have done even a light study on angels, you'll see that they're dispatched, that God uses them. That God uses them for His glory and His, His purpose and even our protection. And I need to tell you right now, you and I may not be able to see it, but there are holy angels doing warfare right now, right around 135 Commerce Drive, because His Word is being preached and because there are believers in this house. And I'll remind you again that hell hates you, but God loves you. In the midst of this, what is it that they said? And then maybe this is, how many of you believe that you have a word? How many of you have a testimony that God changed your life? Well, if you do, go ahead and shout amen. amen. That's a loud amen. What are you going to do with that? How many of you believe that since you have a testimony, you need to be telling others what Jesus Christ has done for you? Well, I got a question. Does that make you a messenger? Then turn to somebody and say, but you're no angel. We all have a message. We all don't have a message. That the blood of Jesus is what saved us. But we have a message of our testimony. And out of anything that is Isaiah is here, and I'm getting this picture, I, I, I'm getting this in my mind, and that's the way I see Scripture. I see this, and there's the angels. Amy, there they are, and as they're right there, then they're looking across from each other, and instead of, of what, what do they say? They say, holy, holy, holy. If the messengers of God... If the preachers and the pastors, that when they got together and they looked at each other and they didn't say, hey, how many, how many are you running now? How many are coming? How many are leaving? How many this and how many that? If messengers got together and just said, he's still holy, he's still holy, he's still holy. And that when you and I get together and we declare he is holy, there's an action that's coming. I'll get to it. But if, if we as messengers wouldn't get caught up in our message, and declare the fact that He is holy. Why? He didn't say grace, grace, grace. He didn't say faith. He didn't say truth. He said holy. Now this is where people start jumping off the train. Well, now hold on, man. I wasn't on that train where I needed something. <laughs> this is a holy train. He's still holy. Holiness is something that's easy to say and it's harder to understand. But I will tell you, and I say this a lot, holiness is not how high that we wear our hair or how long that our skirts are, although cover yourself. I always have to stop right there and say cover yourself. It's not about that. The holiness of God is who lives in us. Jesus Christ, the holy, the righteous one. Jesus Christ, that one that through and in him may all the glory of God be revealed through us that it would bring somebody else to this precious changing that can happen within their soul. Holiness. Why holiness? What's a message today that people need? Holiness. How many of you want to see the Lord? Oh, remember the old song? Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. You know what it says, Courtney? If you want to see the Lord, the Word of God says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And then we don't like hearing this, and can I tell you something? I'm so thankful for the composite of grace and truth and faith 
in the main strand of love that serves as a composite. But all of that is brought together, brought together in fact that brings us to true holiness in Him because it's by the truth of God's Word, by the grace of the Father, and through the blood of Jesus, and through the love of the Father, through the Son, that we can begin to understand holiness. I don't I can't even come into his presence in and of my own in and of my own but when they said holy 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 is the Lord God almighty the power of that is so strong and so real that when Scripture reveals it, it's not just what they said. But the Word goes on to say this. That after they said, the Lord of hosts, which the whole world is full of His glory. The Lord of hosts, which is full of His glory. There's something that, that I believe that the angels, the, the seraphim reminded Him of. There's all these things, one through five in the chapters, that you can see that is going on. And He says this, I believe it's for a reason. Don't take your eyes off of my glory. That even in the midst of all of these things going on, you keep your eyes on me. Because in the midst of every bit of this, I'm getting ready to reveal my glory. Close. What happened? The Word of God says, and that these messengers, as they spoke, there's something that happened. The Word said the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. We need men, women, and children today that as the Holy Ghost lays the precious Word of God upon them, remove me from the equation for just a moment, if you will, and if we could just agree on this together. We need a holy word coming through folks today that will do this. When it says this, that the post of the door moved at his words, that when I begin to look at that piece of scripture, the post of the door, the very pillars of the door, that God began through the when they begin to speak through those messengers. Listen, the post moved, the pillars moved. The trouble today is this: is that many men and women think that they hold the keys to the door of the church. Because they've been the post and they've been the pillars that have been there for ever so long. Can I tell you, God's getting ready to move the post and the pillars. He's getting ready to shake the doors of the church once more in such a way that whosoever will, let them come and let them be saved and let them be changed. Praise be to God. Almost done. When the messenger spoke the word and he brought that word and you could see the pure attention from Isaiah. And then when he sees that, the house fills with smoke like a holy haze, if you will, that comes. Then what happened to him? This is the part with us today. Then Isaiah, that had been speaking the word, said, woe is me. I'll ask a question. Have you ever got into the presence of God and been absolutely wrecked? I mean wrecked. And what happens, Nancy, is this fact is that what God will do in order to bring us to where we are in Him and of Him, He'll take us to where we've been. And what he'll remind us of is this, is that when there's a deep conviction that comes, you can hear this, and it's more than a woe is me. I don't know about you, but there's been times I never want to grieve the Holy Ghost. I never want to do that. But there's been times that with utterings and groanings that I can't even fully understand, and I don't even know how to pray, God, something is just wrong, and there's a real groaning in my spirit. And it's more like, oh. And I believe this is where Isaiah is coming to. Woe is me. And before he says anything about anybody else, what he's saying is that the wow of God and what he sees is bringing him to the woe is me. 
and in simpleness. Woe is me, for I am undone. <laughs> Have you ever come to a place and you said, I've got it all wrong. I've had it all wrong. That's what we're at. I'll show you. What I see in Scripture, and, and by the way, this is for, this is for me. I, I'm going to take it first, okay? If, if, if it works for you, let's deal with it. So Scripture, when we, when we come to the New Testament, we can, we can see that, that they draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, I love God. The Scripture would begin immediately to tell you, why do you say that you love me and you do not the things which I've called you to do? Why do you raise your hands on Sunday and raise your fist no quicker than you get home or no quicker than the middle of the week you're raising your fist in anger? You draw nigh to me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Isaiah is equating this in such a way. He said, you're, you're saying you love me, but do you really love me? And when you get in the presence of God and you and I begin to realize just how holy he is and how rotten we are. Now, this is not a place to stay. This is not a place of condemnation. This is a place of transformation. This, how many of you want to see the Lord? How many of you want to see the Lord use you? How many of you want to see the Lord do miracles in other people's lives? Then this is what it's going to take. God, I've gotten it all wrong. You say, now wait a minute, Pastor. We done come through the rain. We done come through this. I'm hoping my car's still out there when I get out there. But he gets into the presence of God. And because of these messengers... And what happens, and you may be here today, and as soon as you hear the word holiness, you click. You start surfing another channel. You start playing with a baby. Oh, there's a text. I better read it. You start. Without holiness. Like I said, no man shall see the Lord. Almost done. Jake, with a praise team come? Will you all come? I told you, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm undone. And I know this, this hits me. And, and you know what? How many of y'all talk real to the Father? How many of y'all just talk to the Father just like you'd be talking to your best friend? He's still holy. He's still righteous, but I talk to him like that. Have you ever just got with God and said, God, what more do you want from me? You better watch what you ask God. <laughs> because simply... It could be this easy. I want everything that keeps you from being closer to me than you are right now. And today, what he's going to offer us, Kevin, is this. He's going to offer us that I want everything that keeps you from seeing me for who I am, for what I am, and for what I can do. But it's going to come with confession. Woe is me. I'm undone. Oh, God, what have I done? I'm a man of unclean lips. I'll go back to there. For, for we, we say we love him, but, but here's the thing. And somebody says, well, what, what's it about? Because what's getting ready to happen, these messengers, all right, you know, they've cried holy. The post of them, the door, they're, listen, they're, they're, they're shaking things up. They're moving the pillars. They're doing all these things. And they ain't done because there's a live coal on the altar. And what true messengers of God, being the form of a man, woman, or a child, what they will do is they won't let the word set on the altar. They want that word to come to your lips. Why is that? Because out of the heart, listen, it's not the lips. It's out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. For out of it becomes the murders. But out of it becomes those things. Out of it becomes the lies. Out of it becomes the lust. Out of it becomes those threatening things. Out of that becomes that. So it's out of the heart. So God is not just really today about purging my lips. It's about purifying my heart. 
And what happens is this, and I've seen it so many times. I don't have to use you for an example. I'll use me. I'm wrapping up. Stay with me. What I've seen so many times, I've watched the Lord. I've watched the Word of God through other people and maybe even delivered through me in such a way that a live coal will be taken. It's a hot word. It's put on my lip. It's done that, and I'll change. I'm like, oh, God, I'll go home, and I'm good for like 24 hours. And Amy's like, oh, I hope it works. Hope it works. <laughs> she said, I think you got it backwards. But So what happens? So that coal today that's placed before you and that the messenger farther than myself wants to put on your lips and change the way you speak and changing that by changing our hearts, Amy. As they did that, he's wrecked, he's undone. And I've said this so many times with God, I don't know. I really, man, that's the reason I get so messed up about him. Sometimes I just ask him, I say, God, do you really know how big a mess I am? And even before, and maybe no quicker than I get it out of my mouth, he already knows. And he says, yeah, but I'm cleaning up your mess. Let me do something in your life. I'll tell you what, I want to see the Lord move. And I don't want to be what stifles it or stops it. I don't want to be that. I want God to do what God wants to do here, and I'll close. I saw the Lord. Let me tell you what I saw. I'll close. I saw the Lord heal. I've saw the Lord deliver so many different times. Saw the Lord restore. How did it happen? It's when those people that were in the temple, seeing that his train didn't just fill the aisle, it filled the whole temple. And when the presence of God fills the whole temple, those that are on the front row, those that are on the back row, those that are on the right, those that are on the left, everybody changes. And it's for those that say, you know what? I need that today. This morning, I was at the bridge, and I won't mention who, but I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord today. I seen somebody that come in late. I didn't know. I seen a glimpse of them as they're passing the window and I'm preaching. And as they're coming in, I, I see them. It looks like two people, a taller one and a shorter one, and I see. And then that person that glances through the window, they come in and they sit down. And it's somebody that I hadn't seen in months. And just as I'm thinking, God, I don't know if any of this has made any sense. I saw the Lord. And I saw his train fill the temple. And it extended right to the seat where the prodigal was. And I saw the Lord bring a prodigal home. I saw the Lord. The enemy had wanted me to believe that he, they, she were too far gone. Just like the enemy would want to tell you that. Can I tell you, isn't it time... To let his train fill the temple once again. And let every prodigal ride that train back to the altar of forgiveness. And let God do a work in their life. And let God manifest his presence. I'm done. Lord, I love you so much. And I want to see you. God, today, I want to be selfish in this. I want to see you. Because God, today, I, I, I do. I want to see you do those great and mighty things. God, for your glory and for your purpose. And God, today there may be one that says, you know what, I, I, God, I've said it so many times. 
And so many times I've watched the train go right by their seat. And them saying, not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Well, I want to remind somebody that today is the day made unto salvation. And I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you to come. Church, I don't believe there's a one of you in here that we can't save, that this body can't say, that Lord, touch our lips. God, the things I say, the things I think, the things I do, that, that God, I'm asking you once again, Holy Ghost, you're the greatest of messengers, so bring that holy cold. And God, today, don't let it be a dying ember that goes out by tomorrow or the next day, but, oh, Holy Ghost, breathe on that live coal and let it stay, God, hot in our lives. You know, today, if you're where you need to be, Christians, I've got to ask you, are we really doing our part? I want to see you, God. Move on everyone. And God, today, we'll even give you the permission, those will be those bold enough to give you the permission to wreck us. In your name, Jesus, amen. So what happened? The word says, as the angel placed that coal on their lips, the word says, he laid that upon his mouth and it touched his lips and said, thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. The word iniquity there in that thought is the word guilt. It's the word shame. That God can take your guilt and your shame away today. The sin is the transgression. It's the very missing of God. But today it can be purged, and that means to be atoned for. Today all of the shame, all of the guilt, all of the sin can be washed away by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me today? I'm going to invite the church people today. I'm going to invite those that are of the body as intercessors. I'm really calling on you now greater than ever, now more than ever before that I believe that this is our time, that this is our time. Intercessors, will you come? Church, will you come? And could we pray this morning, saying, Lord, we want to see you. And as you bring that, we say, Lord, deal with my flesh. Deal with my flesh. I want to take my eyes off of me. There's more. By the way, if his train filled the temple, that means it didn't just go three lines back. That means it went all the way to the back of the church, all the way to the sides of the church. If you're here today and you're lost, this isn't just a word for the front two or three rows. It's a word for any and all of us to come and say, I'm going to believe for revival. I'm going to believe for change. I'm going to believe for God to move and ask Him to move in you and through you. lost person could I call you could, it, could, could, could the Holy Ghost now beckon with your soul come come life can be changed right now can be different right now leaving here different some of you right now are praying for that train to be extended to even all the way to the doorway of the prodigal come come I believe the rain's falling again something about those angels the angels cried unto another and said holy 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 is the Lord of hosts the Lord of all of heaven's army I want to take this I want you to take this with you 
when he says the word Lord in verse 2, or in verse, at the beginning of the reading, that when he said that, when he said, and I saw also the Lord, that word there that he uses is the word Adonai, that many of you are familiar with that word Adonai. And what he's saying, Jake, is that when, when that word is equated, it, it means my God, that I've seen my God. And boy, there's really something about that, that when I see my God work. And when he goes down, though, when he goes down and he says it again, that when he says, woe is me, and he, he has that part, and he says, mine eyes have seen the King. The Lord of hosts. There, the word Lord is not Adonai, but it's the word Jehovah. It's the word that the Jews know and that the Israelites believe that was too holy to even say. And what it means is this, the all-existing one. That regardless if there's a man on the throne here, or there's not. I trust in Jehovah God. I trust in my God. But I trust in the all existing one. I trust in my author. I trust in my finisher. I trust in my alpha and my omega. Hey everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.